Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Man, this has been a crazy day. I can't remember a day like this where we've just seen some late trades on the last day of the you know of the trade deadline. Uh, it's not 4 p.m. now. I'm recording this as of 3:25 uh, p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so, you know, there could be something that comes up last minute over the next half an hour. Uh, this podcast will probably last about that long. So I'm guessing that anything that pops up, if it pops up on my feed, I'll see it. So uh, I'll let you guys know. So let's start with the most important one. And that's Jay Ajayi being traded to the Eagles for a fourth round pick. Uh, huge news. That to me, you know, a fourth round pick is, is a big deal. That to me tells me that the Eagles... You know, they're trying to win now. They want a capable back behind that good offensive line to really, really shore up that running game. And by getting Jay Ajayi, that to me tells me, you know, for a fourth round pick, that tells me that he's going to be the starter. Um, You know, it can be a little bit of a timeshare between him, uh, Blunt, and, you know, some somebody between Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. Um, One of those might be uh, now inactive for most games. So, you know, it's, but I think JJ is the clear number one. Um, you know, he has a tough matchup this week and then has a bye. But coming out of that bye, I think he's going to be pretty valuable. Um, you know, on this good offense, he could potentially be um, a, ru- a running back one. So if you own a Jai, it's been looking really bad, but things really took an upswing for you right now. Um, you know, I, I'm probably trying to trade for a Jai right now. His value probably isn't as high as it will be in a couple weeks then that's you know it's a little bit of a risk but you know you're kind of taking that bet you know with a good offense and a a pretty good running back um so i want to talk about waivers this week so obviously you know Kenyon drake and damian williams are both ads because of that trade um it leaves a void in the dolphins backfield obviously um damian williams he's been spelling ajayi here and there all year but he didn't get he didn't get any work this past week against Baltimore, which was interesting. Um, and Kenyon Drake did. Now I'm not reading too much into that and letting that affect my decision, you know, too much. But I'm I'm just not a fan of Damian Williams. I've seen him, you know, over the past couple of years, and he looked okay, but he just never looked special. Uh, I think that I think Drake is the better back in my eyes, and you know, if this turns into a split, I think Drake is the guy who will emerge off of pure talent. That offensive line hasn't been playing well. Um, you know, that team isn't really that good. But so I think Drake is somebody who's capable of making his own plays happen. Um, if you play within the system, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, you know, like someone like Damian Williams, it doesn't seem like he's a guy who can really uh, provide much value, um, you know, just in that traditional role. And I think Kenyon Drake can, can add a little add a little pep to that offense. Um and I do think a shakeup in this backfield, you know, can definitely change things. Change things. So I would try to add Drake over Williams. But you know, if I can't get him, I'll still be putting in a claim for Williams as well. Uh, now, before I move on to the other waiver claims, I just want to talk about some other trades that happened. The Patriots sent Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers for a second round pick, which tells me that the 49ers are betting on Garoppolo being their future quarterback. Uh, this is a big deal. Uh, C.J. Beathard. Uh, he's going to start this week, but I would assume that Jimmy Garoppolo will take this opportunity to start learning the playbook and, uh, you know, be in there uh, the following week in week 10. So that's that's what I'm what my guess is. 
Um, I think Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo brings a little bit of hope to this offense. I think it helps guys like Pierre Garçon. Uh, it helps guys like Carlos Hyde, for sure, assuming he doesn't get traded in the next half an hour. Um, and, and I think Marquise Goodwin also benefits. So we'll see. You know, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to pick up a couple of those guys, uh, you know, right before uh, he takes uh, the field. Uh, Garoppolo, that is, so just just so I can have someone on my roster that possibly can be his go-to guy outside of Pierre Garcon. Um, also, the Seahawks traded for Dwayne Brown from the Houston Texans, who he is a great left tackle. Um, now, I think this definitely benefits Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he's constantly you know having to avoid pressure, which is you know sometimes good for him because he makes those big plays. Uh, on those type of rollouts, but you know this is good for Russell Wilson. I don't think this, you know, this will help the running game a little bit. But I'm not really betting on anybody. Um, if you are going to bet on somebody, and like you know, you're in a 14 team league, you're just so desperate for running back help. Thomas Rawls would be the ad just because uh, he got the majority of snaps in this game. You know, it's been pretty even uh, recently, but until this game, uh, Rawls got a big, big boost in share compared to Rawls and McKissick. I'm sorry, compared to Lacey and McKissick, so that would be the guy, but I'm not, I'm, I don't really care about picking him up at all. Uh, you know, this is going to turn into a passing, pass-first offense. Russell Wilson is turning into a guy who is trending towards his most pass attempts in a season. So this is definitely turning into a pass-first team that can't run the ball, so they're just not going to do it. Okay, so I'm going to move on. Obviously, a lot of you guys have heard about the Zeke news. Um, his suspension got put back into place. Uh, his temporary, uh, you know, temporary restraining order. You know, he had 24 hours. His his team had to appeal this ruling. Um, you know, I would imagine that would be the case. He has a little bit of a chance, but it's from what I'm reading, it's not looking good. Uh, so obviously, if he is not suspended, you're going to throw him in your lineup. But if he is, we're going to have to choose somebody between Jeremy McFadden and Alfred Morris. Rod Smith is kind of in the mix, but he's not as relevant as the other two. Um, you know, so this this saga is continuing. Um, nobody knows who the guy is going to be if Zeke is suspended for sure. Everybody thinks they know who the guy is. Um, you know, I personally outlined why I think McFadden is the guy to own. You know, and, I, and I've done this in multiple podcasts this season. But I'm going to do it one more time. Here are my reasons for Darren McFadden in a nutshell. He was the guy being groomed to be Zeke's replacement as an every down back with the starters during the preseason. And Morris, he hardly got any work with that first team. The second reason is, once Zeke's suspension got nullified, McFadden suddenly became inactive with Morris and Rod Smith ahead of him. Those two first points don't really gel too much for me. The third reason is there is reason to believe that the Cowboys were just saving McFadden for this scenario. You know, he's also an injury-prone guy, so, you know, if McFadden got hurt while he was on the field and then Zeke is suspended, they're only down to a couple running backs. Um, number four, McFadden is a three-down back, like Zeke, while Morris is not. So it's a little bit more of a seamless transition. McFadden has much better hands than Morris. Um, Morris is just not a pass catcher. Um, and another reason is McFadden, he's proved it in this offense before behind a good offensive line. He ran for more than 1,000 yards in 2015. Um, and, you know, the last reason is Adam Schefter, who I probably trust more than any other NFL insider, quote-unquote, said that 
you know, he also believes that the Cowboys are saving Darren McFadden in case Zeke gets suspended. He said that he said that on NFL Countdown a few weeks ago. Uh, if you're looking for that link, you can just Google, uh, you know, Darren McFadden, Adam Schefter, you'll find it. Um, you know, so if now, you know, if Alfred Morris becomes a starter, all these narratives obviously are wrong, you know, and that's still possible, right? Morris can definitely be the starter. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that that's a, a real possibility. Um, so, you know, if Zeke is suspended and his appeal, his appeal gets denied tonight uh, and McFadden is not available, I'm picking up Morris for sure. If Morris is unavailable, I guess I'll pick up Brad Smith as, as a long shot to see who can emerge, if you know, if he can emerge given the opportunity. But there are some other running backs on the waiver wire uh, that i rather go after, um, like Marlon Mack. So at the time of me writing this, Frank Gore, he's still a part of the Colts. Um, there are talks of him being dealt by today's trade deadline, but we've yet to see anything tangible. Obviously, you know, if that becomes a reality, Mac becomes the best pickup this week because of the clarity. You know, he's going to be valuable, you know, because he's the only guy there, basically. Um, but even if Gore stays, I think he's valuable either way. Uh, he played an even share with Gore this week as far as snaps goes. Uh, and since the Colts figure to be down most weeks, Mac he's going to see a lot of time in the field as their preferred hurry-up option, you know, their preferred passing down option. And, you know, he's very talented. We, we, we've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands, and he can make big plays, you know, with any touch that he gets. Uh, so he's a good ad this week. Another running back is Alex Collins. You know, he ran for almost six yards per carry this year. John Harbaugh said that he, you know, it's incre- he's going to have an increased opportunity. And with a Ravens defense that should keep games close, I don't think Collins should find himself in too many negative game scripts, in which case Buck Allen would be the preferred option. I, I think Collins, he's proved himself this year, you know, game after game. We've seen his talent on the field ripping off huge chunk gains throughout the season. So I, I believe, we, you know, with an increased opportunity, you know, he can be a solid RB2. All right, Matt Breida, this is, I'm giving a little bit of a, you know, warning here. This is only if Carlos Hyde gets traded within the next 23 minutes. <laughs> you know, he, he will become the 49ers three down back if Hyde gets traded. If that's the case, Breida becomes an instant RB2, and that's just his floor. If Hyde doesn't get traded, um, I'll move Breida to the long ster- long-term stash section of this podcast, you know, in the case of an injury-prone hide getting hurt. And by the way, all the names I just mentioned, they're kind of must-pick-up guys, aside from Matt Breida, if Carlos Hyde does not get traded. Uh, another guy who I think is a must-add is definitely Sterling Shepard. You know, he's available in ton in a lot of leagues, you know, a little bit less than 50%, but right around there. You know, but he's the de facto number one wide receiver for the Giants. Evan Ingram is definitely going to get his, but Shepard will be a huge part of that offense as well. Shepard and Manning already have a good rapport going going back to his rookie year last year, so I expect Shepard to fill in some big shoes and produce like a, a wide receiver two or, you know, at worst high end wide receiver three. He's going to get the looks. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's been in this, this podcast for a few weeks now, and he needs to be fully owned. All right. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster for sure. Uh... He couldn't have spent his opportunity any better than he did on Sunday night with Martavis Bryant out. He caught seven passes on 10 targets for almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Now, he's not going to do that every single week, but we saw what he's capable of when he's given the opportunity. The Steelers have a huge void in their offense for another receiving option, and if he he keeps getting the opportunity, he should be a solid option for the rest of the year. Probably a little bit boom-bust, but, you know, if he gets 
you know, four to five catches a week. He's a pretty good PPR option. We'll see if the Steelers bring Martavis back into the fold, but, you know, it's not looking too good for Martavis, especially with Juju stepping up like he did. All right, uh, now I'm going to get into guys who, you know, they're not must pickups, but they're going to have solid value for the foreseeable future. Uh, Mohamed Sanu is the first guy. He needs to be higher owned. He's not that owned in, in, in a lot of leagues. Um, he's seen at least six targets in each game this year that he finished, you know, besides the one he got hurt in. Uh, Matt Ryan, he looks for him on clutch third downs and near the end zone. I think this offense is trying to find this groove. Um, but Sanu, he's been the one bright spot being, a, you know, a bit of a comfort target for Ryan all year. Uh, right now, he's a solid wide receiver three. Um, you know, even even better as a flex option. I think he's pretty solid and you can roll him out most weeks. Uh, Vernon Davis. He's done well all year, even while Jordan Reed was healthy. Uh, in the four games before Dallas, uh, Davis, he's had 58 yards or more, ripping off big gains. He's a big play tight end. And with Jordan Reed always hobbled with injuries, and this week he's nursing a hamstring injury that will likely keep him out this week, week nine. Vernon Davis is a great streaming option with with like even flex upside. I would even throw him in my flex this week um, You know, if you have a good tight end. Okay, Jeremy Macklin. The Ravens need someone to throw the ball to, and Macklin is actually, he's very talented. He's just been up and down this year due to injury, but when he's on the field, he has gotten it done for the most part. He should be Flacco's go-to down the stretch, and he should provide wide receiver three value the rest of the way. Okay, Rex Burkhead, uh, this is more so in PPR leagues. The Patriots are kind of testing out Burkhead to see what he could do. His snap totals are coming up, and he was used heavily in the passing game this past week. He didn't. He wasn't used heavily in the passing game the week before. Um, now you know this. This Patriots backfield is very muddy. Um, but Burkhead, he was second in snaps to Deion Lewis this past week, even ahead of James White. Uh, Mike Gillisley, he's becoming a bit of an afterthought in this backfield. And you know it's tough to predict, and it always will be. But it'll be interesting if Burkhead continues to see this type of role in the passing game. You know, the Patriots are kind of trying to figure out how to use his versatility, so I would monitor him over the next few weeks. But in PPR, I think he's worth a pickup to kind of see what happens over the next few. The good thing about Burkhead is that Bill Belichick wants somebody in the backfield who can run it and pass it. So if he has somebody in the backfield where the defense doesn't know what they're going to do and they become less predictable, which they are right now with James White, obviously as a passing down role, Deion Lewis, obviously as, as a runner, who can pass, catch passes as well? So it remains to be seen what they're going to do. And, you know, just don't keep Burkhead for too long. If you don't see much clarity within the next couple weeks, I would drop him. Okay, Robbie Anderson. He hasn't been consistent this year by any means, but he does have a rapport with Josh McCown, especially lately. He can take it to the house on any play. He's a poor man's Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, and that poor man's, you know, that Deshaun Jackson, he's always had fantasy value. So I think Anderson, uh, you know, has value as well. Uh, we just, you know, we're never going to know when to play him, but he's a solid wide receiver of three uh, or a flex option most weeks, understanding that, you know, he's boom bust. That boom bust is worth it, though, when you have, you know, bye weeks or you're filling in for injuries. Uh, he's a good he's a good solid depth option on your bench. Um, now, you know, if the Jets fall out of contention and they want to move forward, you know, it's very possible that Bryce Petty takes over at QB. And if that's the case, I think Robbie Anderson's value just shoots way up. And, you know, if you don't know why I say that is because of the rapport they had last season. Every single throw that Bryce Petty threw, it was towards Robbie Anderson. All right, Paul Richardson, 
He's more of a weekly flyer, but as things shake out, you know, at, at the wide receiver position, he's a good flyer as there is. Uh, while Russell Wilson starts to pass more and more, like I mentioned earlier, he's on pace for the most attempts of his career. Uh, the Seahawks can run the ball. Richardson has been one of the most reliable targets so far this year. Uh, he's more consistent than Lockett and has shown his ability to scramble along with Wilson for huge plays, which is a big plus. I mean, we see how how often Wilson likes to scramble. He looks towards that end zone to see who's who's open, and Richardson did that twice. Uh, so, you know, I'm really liking how Richardson is looking in this offense right now. Okay, Josh Doxson, he played the majority of snaps this week. Uh, to all prior, he got around 30% of snaps, so not looking good for prior right now. Um, but Doxson, he only caught, you know, one pass last week, and it happened to be a touchdown. So he's not a preferred play of mine this week. But, you know, the reason why it's okay to play him if you have to is because the Redskins, you know, they're going to try to get him more involved, and he's seen the field. Um... You know, I'm definitely trying to find a better option this week, but he's a great stash since he has the talent to become a high-end wide receiver too with volume in this offense. You know, there's a huge void um, for a wide receiver to step up and be the number one. You know, Jameson Crowder was the guy last week, but it remains to be seen who will be, uh, you know, on, you know, the guy on a consistent basis. Okay, uh, Cooper Cup. His target share has been all over the place this year, but he's seeing a ton of red zone targets close to the top of the league. Uh, Ten target games, like the one he saw before his bye in week, uh, what what week was that, week seven? Um, That's possible too. Uh, But, you know, he's also had some two and three target games as well. With not that many options at wide receiver in the waiver wire, I think Cup is someone who should be rostered and can be played as a low-end wide receiver three flex option uh, with that you know with that red zone target upside to get some touchdowns. Okay, Ted Ginn, you know he's really stepping up lately. Willie Sneed hasn't found his way back into the offense yet. He only played a handful of snaps last week. And, you know, Ginn is useful. He's going to have, you know, he has some boom-bust nature to him as well. Uh, but, you know, things are looking better than he did, uh, than, you know, than it did for him in the beginning of the season. And it looks like things are clicking a bit more for him and Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees, he's a desperate start most weeks, honestly. Not someone I want to rely on. But his upside is worth throwing him into my lineup if I'm hurting with bye weeks or injuries. Okay. Uh, back to tight end real quick. Jack Doyle. He's been Jacoby Brissett's favorite target this year. Um, He's the only guy I really trust on this Colts offense, to be honest. Um, You know, in PPR, Doyle is definitely a weekly start at tight end, but he also provides flex value as well. He's had less than seven targets only twice this week, so I am rolling out Doyle with confidence most weeks. Okay, another tight end, Tyler Croft. You know, with no Tyler Eifert, Croft has been getting it done for the most part. He's been Andy Dalton's favorite red zone target outside of A.J. Green, um, and sometimes he even prefers his tight end to A.J. Green in the red zone. There aren't too many passing options outside of them, so, you know, you're really banking on touchdowns with Croft, but at at least he's getting decent volume. You can't really say, uh, you know, that about most tight ends who are getting looked at at in the end zone as much as Croft is and will. Uh, Greg Zerline. Yes, I am mentioning a kicker. <laughs> He's killed it this year for fantasy owners, and you know he could be in a lot of waiver wires because of his buy this past week, so I'm going to take advantage if my kicker isn't as good. Okay, uh, a few guys that are long-term stashes, you know, more of a lottery ticket, um, you know, possibilities. Uh, Danny Woodhead, PPR only. He's eligible to return in week 11. Uh, he'll, you know, he's going to be back in his role as the pass-catching running back out of the backfield. 
If you're in a full PPR, he'll be a great add and can be a potential RB2 the rest of the way. He's a much better version of Buck Allen, and, you know, I'm just hoping he doesn't get hurt again. You know, but if you're in a PPR, even a half point, you know, he's he's worth, uh, he's definitely worth a stash in PPR. And a half point, maybe um, maybe I'll wait a week. Uh, but, you know, honestly, uh, if you're in need, in need of running back, he should step in and provide some value. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, he did very well in the preseason. He, he had a really good one. And he's eligible to come back this week. Now, there's no word on whether the Jaguars are going to activate him, but he if he's still in your waiver wire, he's a good scoop to see if he can plugged in, if he can be plugged into this offense and get some volume from Blake Bortles. He's very talented. He has huge upside, um, but there's always a question of whether he'll get consistent volume ahead of Marquise Lee and ahead ahead of Alan Hearns. So uh, I think he's a good stash. Uh, hopefully things turn up for him in the next couple of weeks. Okay, Jamison Crowder. I'm not buying into Crowder becoming the number one guy just yet, even after that big game he had. But Jordan Reed is probably going to be out for week nine. And I think Crowder, he's going to become a go-to option for Kirk Cousins again. As we've seen in the past with Reed, when Reed is out, Crowder does pretty well. So if that happens, there could be some momentum built for Crowder over the next few weeks. I need to see more of a consistent target share for him to, for me to start him every week. But I'm okay starting him this week without Reed. Okay, uh, Corey Davis. He's been hurt since week two. Uh, he should be in trends as a starter once he's back. Uh, you know, we, he saw some good target volume in the beginning of the season before he got hurt. Um, he can be back against the, the, you know, this week against the Ravens, against whom I probably wouldn't play him against. But, you know, he's more of a wait and see, you know, in case his role becomes a major part of this offense. If he's plugged right back into the starting lineup, um, you know, I think he can, he can have a major role. Uh, Mike Williams... He, you know, he has a bye this week, but he could come out come out of it with a bigger role. He should, he, you know, he he should be a big touchdown threat in this offense. Uh, you know, but we've seen rookies not get the reps in this offense that we like. His snap share has grown since he came back from injury, so he's a good stash in case he becomes a go-to for Philip Rivers. Um, okay, so those are those stashes. Now, QB streamers: uh, Tyrod Taylor against the Jets uh, in New York, Josh McCown against the Bills at home, uh, Jared Goff. At the Giants, C.J. Beathard against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, the only guys that I feel more confident in, you know, definitely Tyrod for sure. Josh McCown, you know, somewhat confident because he's just been getting it done lately. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, he's, pr- you know, pretty good streamer against the Giants who, ha- who haven't been playing well this year on defense either. Uh, C.J. Beathard, not as confident against the Cardinals, but honestly, the Cardinals haven't been good on defense. Uh, so uh, he's an okay streaming, you know, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, Saints against Tampa Bay. If there's a, there's a chance that James Winston doesn't play this week, uh, you know because of that shoulder. So if this if he doesn't play, I think Saints are a great option. Uh, and I would also play the Rams against the Giants. Uh, Giants offense has been pretty bad, um, and I wouldn't mind playing the Rams. You know, in the hopes that the Giants can't find a rhythm. There aren't that many streaming options this week. Um, do I prefer the Rams? Probably not really. Uh, but they're just there's so many teams on by uh, that you know there, there, there just isn't that many options so um, that's all I had for today uh, it is currently 351 p.m uh, the trade deadline is at 4 p.m uh, and there is no trades until now so in the next nine minutes if something happens I'm sorry I couldn't get it, <laughs> get it to you but I'm sure you'll find out either way uh, you know if anything I will I usually have updates very quickly uh, on Instagram stories. Uh, with a with a quick hit analysis, so you can check me out there at Upper Hand Fantasy. Uh, 
I'm also on Twitter at UpperHandFFB and at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I. Uh, send me a DM over on Instagram. Uh, I'm also, you know, we also at UpperHandFantasy.com where you can check out all the articles. Uh, all right, guys. Enjoy Halloween. I'm going to take my daughter trick-or-treating now. Uh, you guys take it easy. And uh, I'll be back in a couple days with starts and sits. Bye, guys.